there, welcome to Isometric, a gaming podcast from a different perspective. I'm Steve Lubitz, and I am here, as always, with Head of Development at Giant Space, Capriano Wu. How you doing, Bree? Hey, what's up? So, uh, how you doing? Are you you're going to Comic Con tomorrow? Are you excited? I am. I'm hanging down to Comic Con. I'm very excited about it. Even if you have to go to New York, home of the Yankees, <laughs> I will somehow survive going to New York. <laughs> it will. It will happen. Oh, I probably just offended part of our audience. Sorry. Hey, I I, I live I in a in a, a by team sport rooting household here. You know, like we we root for. Oh, Frank is giving me the stink eye. <laughs> but I'm sorry, I meant to say I only root for the Yankees. I only root for the Yankees. Yeah. Bree, take a picture. You can tweet it out after. I... Okay, yeah. okay. Bree, it's okay. You can say you root for the Red Sox. We won't tell. <laughs> Uh, the chat room is saying they are wondering where their crackalackin is. I am not feeling like crackalackin this week because 4chan is literally trying to hack my life and destroy it as we're recording this. So <laughs> you're not going to get a crackalackin this week. So unfortunately, that's what's crackalackin. That so. is what's crackalackin. Nothing's crackalackin. Nope. So we also have assistant games editor at Pace Magazine, Maddie Myers. How are you doing, Maddie? I'm doing pretty good. I'm kind of jealous I'm not going to New York Comic Con. But it's cool. I'm just going to be home playing video games because it's my job. <laughs> you poor thing. I know. You got you Brie going thing. to Comic-Con. You got Georgia going to Singleton. You and I are going to have to sit around and play Smash or something. And no, no, no. I've got a review. Bayonetta 2. Oh. <gasps> you. Oh. Oh. Okay. Careful. Brie's no, no, flipping no, 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 a no. table. I'm, I'm saying nothing. My lips are sealed. I'm under embargo. Edit out any tone in my voice right now okay. I am playing Bayonetta 2 there's nothing I have to say about it yet not until Monday next week right? next week we'll talk all about it I realize that by the time the show is actually out the game won't be under embargo but we're live streaming it so that's ruined everything so yeah. whatever so chat room keep your mouth shut <laughs> yeah <laughs> but it's only it's not it's not embargoed that you're playing it's just anything about I it I think no? that's how it is there have been times when I have been reviewing a game and I haven't even been allowed to say that I am and I don't really? think this is one of those times because I yeah. haven't been notified of that so hopefully I won't get in trouble for even mentioning that I'm reviewing it but uh, yeah sometimes they really are that strict oh I did not know that I would expect that they would be excited that on such a uh, yeah, I unusual mean, and fabulous show like Isometric. <laughs> it has been mentioned that yeah, you know like they're the maybe is... worried that people haven't heard of Bayonetta two and they they might need help from our show right. getting the word yeah. out. Uh, that's what I'm thinking, Maddie. That's I'm it. just saying. Listen, you said this is my plan. I will give you my train <laughs> ticket, and you go to New York Comic Con and just tell the Mary Sue that you're me. They've never met me in person. <laughs> Just put your hair up in a ponytail. Still have a bad attitude. Yeah, just wear some high heels. Like we just It'll we just fun. switch parts, yeah. and you meanwhile need to become an acerbic, extremely harsh game critic. Right. Who <laughs> even if Bayonetta two is amazing, will find every flaw in it and cut it to pieces. You need I to can, become I Maddie can do Myers. that. I can do okay. that. Okay. And then okay. you'll just go and cosplay as Brie. That'll. That'll be a, a new oh, challenge. Oh, that for you. part is not a challenge for <laughs> me. Can you cosplay being tall? No, I can't. No. I could wear stilts. Stilts, stilts. Just stand on Zach's on Zach's shoulders, like you know, like in the like in the old oh, Looney Tunes cartoons. And then wear those trench coats. Wear a trench yeah. coat. <laughs> okay. And then... Zach doesn't even get a ticket. He just has to like be underneath my yeah. He's my propping you up on his shoulders as he should. Right. Be. Yeah. Right. Because we're yeah. one person. Yeah. yeah. Okay. 
he he is skinny enough to to like feasibly be my legs under to a trench feasibly coat. be yeah. the lower seventy five percent of you. Yeah, okay. yeah, yep. I'm just right. saying. I'll uh, let him know you said that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we also have a uh, senior editor from iWord.com, host of the Vector podcast, and uh, desert golfing addict, uh, Georgia Dow. Wait, Georgia? Georgia? Georgia's <laughs> here? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Georgia! I'm a gamer! Yeah, I'm a gamer too! I'm a gamer! I don't know what's happening. I don't know what's happening anymore. But I'm really glad it's happening, whatever it is. I, I don't know what just happened, but I think... I think this show's over. I think this is it. I'm expecting to hear a tornado warning at this point. I'm expecting my phone to start ringing. Is and... Brie okay? Maddie, every episode of this podcast is a tornado warning. I know. That's true. I, it's just text from the Boston Alert System being like, something's going on oh in my Boston. God. I'm, I'm just happy to be talking to Georgia. Like, I just can't contain it, and neither could Frank, who just came running into the room. I and- could see it happening, though. Like, I actually could see you guys walking into running. I could. It was too epic. You know, when we actually meet together, we're not going to be, like, we're going to get thrown out. If we have to go somewhere where we're not going to get, we get thrown out. You know that. It's going to happen. We should just do it in prison. Just <laughs> save do it in the prison. time. Meet at a prison? We'll be thrown out of prison. That's all I have to say. They'll be like, nah, we can't. No, go. Go back. This is why we built asylums, people. <laughs> awesome. Oh, boy. That was that was great. That's all I have to say. That was hilarious. All right. I, I, I wanted to make you feel welcome. Thank you. I really did. I felt loved. That like that like healed some childhood wounds there. That's all I have to say. Wow. Yeah. Healing childhood wounds through property damage. That's <laughs> that's what this show is all about, really. So uh, I guess just a little bit of house cleaning. Uh, so we had Jonathan Mann on last week, and we are happy to report that his Kickstarter got funded. So thank you to everybody who listened to the last Yay. show and and went and go went through and money at him because uh, he is going to go <laughs> make his Harry Potter rock opera now, which is awesome. So Our isometric audience totally stepped up there, yeah. and I, you know, like people sometimes ask me, how can I support the show? You can support our sponsors and like you guys supported Jonathan Mann. And, you know, I personally appreciate that because it helps us keep delivering you a show. And really, we have the best people ever. Like we have the best people that watch the show. They're the most supportive, loving. They tweet out. They care. I have to say it's like the coolest thing ever. Yeah, Yeah, you guys are awesome. And and like... I don't want to get gushy or whatever, but, you know, like, when we just started doing this, like, we had no idea, and, like, it's, like, what, like, six months later? I know, I can't believe this. It's, like, like six million years later, and here we are. (laughs) Yeah, I know, I was like, this is, this is gonna be, like, the first show, we're like, this is crazy, this is wild and bad, and now we we even end up with... (laughs) Wait, who said it was bad? I don't know. It was just, it is so much bloody fun doing this show. Oh Sorry, I said bloody. I apologize. Oh, oh that's English. unacceptable. You know that's I'm not a swear that down now. here, right? <laughs> it's like not a swear at all. At what? all. What, what are these days? I'm just going to go through and just go through our tracks and just bleep random words like they did with Frozen and just. <laughs> uh, Bree, do you still, do you want to talk about Soylent since the patriarchy made you, uh, made you hold off on it before we get to talk about video yeah, games? I also have some, before I talk about Soylent, I have some other follow-up. Maddie, I have a big problem with you. I have oh, a God. big problem with you. So Maddie and I did a panel at MIT this week, 
And I have to tell you, like, there's a certain kind of like, yeah, I'm just going to wear the same top and the same skirt to, you know, like this tech conference because like, you know, you're an engineer and you don't really think about it that much, but you're rolling in and you're wearing an awesome dress and your awesome shoes and you're bringing up like the level of awesomeness to an uncool point. And I just want to <laughs> let you know, I personally didn't appreciate that at all. I do this completely on purpose. And yeah. I don't know if you knew that, right. but I wrote a column about this before GDC this past year that was about how people always wear jeans and t-shirts to conferences. And I don't like wearing jeans and t-shirts. I'll do it if I'm like painting a barn, but I don't <laughs> like wearing them normally. I like wearing dresses. How, how often are you painting a barn? Um, I don't know. I mean, I used to do more theater, so I used to be painting sets a lot. So I had a lot of like old ratty t-shirts and I still have them for painting and I do cosplay. So actually I'm, I'm painting more than, than you think, I guess. Um, so I still, I still, I wear, you know, painting clothes for that, but the rest of the time I really like dressing up. So I just was like, you know what? Screw it. I'm going to start wearing really fancy outfits to cons. Oh, you look great. You look great. Really? I love that idea. Yeah. That's I mean, and I just want to clarify. I don't roll into a conference wearing like jeans and a t-shirt. Like I dress up. Really? So what? I should not wear that at Singleton? Is it only if you're talking? Should I just not even show up to a conference? Wear what you jeans? feel comfortable in. For me, no, I feel comfortable suit. wearing stockings and a dress because that's just what makes me feel like myself. But mm. if you feel like yourself in something else, that's great. I just don't like feeling like I have to wear something kind of masculine in order to fit in because I feel like I did that for so many years of my life that at this point I'm like, I actually really like wearing feminine clothes, so I'm just going to do it now. Can can I tell a really brief story about that? Like my first GDC I went to and you know I got like a really a new dress and all of that because it was I was a lot newer in the game industry at that point. And what I personally learned is I was I was used to that from my old job in politics, like how you dress really, really matters. And for me personally, I learned that there was kind of a a level where if I dressed up past a certain point that people wouldn't take me seriously as a a software developer. So, um, you know, like I went to the MIT thing, I wore the same pencil skirt I always do and just a top, you know, it's, it's like finding that balance where for me, where, you know, I feel like I'm dressing in a feminine way, but not so over the top that I feel like I'm not going to be taken as seriously. Does that make sense to you? Yeah. I mean, I worry about that a lot and it's why I thought really carefully about what I would wear before. And I still don't wear skirts that are above a certain height and I don't wear tops that are cut below a certain spot. And it kind of sucks that I have to overthink that because I don't want people to get the wrong idea. But I really hate having to overthink that because it's like any other kind of thing i'd just wear whatever like if i'm just going to the grocery store <laughs> i'll wear whatever shirt but if i'm going to gdc i really have to think about it and i thought we tore up that panel I have yeah to we say, did we did a really oh, good job Is there video? i don't think it was recorded at all i don't know i'll let you guys know if i hear back about yeah we should that. find out we should i'm find very out. disappointed you weren't taking like a selfie video of it while you're while you're <laughs> that's true i could have just bogarted recording it i could have just taken out my iphone and recorded it but... yeah that would have been a little awkward I didn't know if it was going to be any good. I mean, it's it's tough to tell with panels. You never know because you don't really know what the other people are going to say and you don't know what topics are going to come up. But I think it turned out really well. 
Yeah, I agree with that. So Soylent. Okay, I will give you guys I will give you guys a very brief update on Soylent. Can you just tell people who may not know what it is really briefly what Soylent is? Because I've I've personally only heard about it and I've assumed that it's like a liquid neutral loaf, but I'm not actually sure what it is. So basically there was this guy out there and he was a software developer and he said, God, I'm so bored of eating. This is a huge pain. So he had no background in science or food nutrition or any of that. And he just started experimenting, trying to figure out a way to basically hack food so he wouldn't have to eat. And, um, you know, it got to a point where it was super scientific and uh, he got millions and millions and millions of dollars of VC funding. And and the product is now here. It's called Soylent. I've been on a waiting list for months to get my first thing. The idea is basically rather than eat, um, you can replace you can replace some or all of your your meals with this thing called Soylent, which is you know for me it's going to be a little more than three hundred dollars a month to just you know drink Soylent instead of eat. And I've had a lot of people there really curious about what it's like. Um, so I started it yesterday and I started with the diet of um, half Soylent, half food yesterday. And I felt really, really, really bad last night. Um, I was telling myself I was going to work into the evening. What, what does it taste like? It tastes really good. Oh, it tastes really oh. good. It's really oh. good. It's, this is basically uh, like Nerd Slim Fast. Is that basically yeah, what is this it is? like <laughs> vanilla flavor? It, like, it tastes like... It is tastes it green? It tastes like slim fast, but it's more chalky in a good way that it's it's substantive. Like it feels it mm. it's, it feels foamy. I don't know about the adjective chalky, <laughs> right? To describe something yeah. good, it ta- it sounds weird, but it makes sense if you actually it's try it. It's not like the cheap chalk; it's like the Crayola chalk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's the good stuff. Okay, yeah, yeah. But the weird that. thing is, I work out for about nine hundred calories a day. So I eat a ton. Like Frank calls me Galactus. I eat so much. <laughs> and the really cool thing is I haven't really been hungry as I've been doing this. I felt weak. I felt lightheaded. I felt a little lethargic, but I haven't really felt hungry. And, you know, I had my first solid food since I started this like a few minutes before the show. And it was it was really, really, really weird. It's like you start to crave the Soylent rather than real food. I don't know. It's like, um, I... It sounds like a Stephen King novel. <laughs> <laughs> See, everybody is so horrified by it. I really don't get it. Some people drink insures, and they, they drink insures as a meal. So this is probably a better insure. I've looked it up, actually. Like, I've... Like, I, I think that it probably wouldn't be the best thing to just eat a liquid diet if you can eat food primarily. But if you're using it as a supplement, it seems people have gone through it and they haven't found anything horrible about it yet. And some people feel really good on it. But I, I mean, know. a comment yeah. I keep getting is, you know, I love to eat. This is like replacing a pill with sex or something like that. Like, why would you take a joy out of your life? But the way I feel is like, listen, honestly, guys, do you enjoy eating special K for breakfast in the morning. Some, some, sometimes. Really? I don't sit there and crave special K. Yeah, I, I like it. I could, but if I'm really busy, I could see myself saying, you know what? Or like, cause I have, I, I have a juicer and I'll have a juice in the morning. So I'll stick a whole bunch of things and that replaces one meal. It's faster and I don't have yeah. enough greens. So I can totally get how this would be a great, faster, cheaper 
meal to have throughout the day so you know you can still have a good meal. I guess it's not that much different than like the Kansas soup I keep at my desk in case there's nothing yeah, good in the cafeteria. Exactly. Yeah. If it's gonna be three hundred dollars a month to eat, do you know how much more money that gives me for really nice nights out for dinner with my yeah. husband somewhere yeah. really, really, really cool and fancy. Oh, I could feed this to my kids. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, oh, they won't. I don't. They don't eat anything anyway. They're they're like the pickiest. Right. Yeah. They really are, actually. I've seen that. Yeah, they, they like, yeah. it's taken me, we've just worked up to pizza, like cheese pizza. Oh, that's good. Yeah. We're that's just good. eating it's cheese compa- pizza now. Com- yeah. Yeah, at five. Like, yeah. like shoot me now. <laughs> so anyway that is soylent i like it i do plan to continue and to substitute two meals a day with it and you know to then use that money to have nicer awesome meals at night and mm. you know like i'm kind of tired of people coming up to me and making the joke about it being people or they kind of did that they kind of did that to themselves i've been waiting this entire time i'm holding off it's it kind of made the name i mean you know this yeah, is why you don't let engineers do name products. I mean, this is why. I, you laugh, but it's true. You need the I Steve mean, Jobs of yeah. Soylent, basically. Yeah. I think it's a funny name. I think that they get a lot of play off of it, and, and it's not actually people, but it feeds people. So, yeah. I mean, actually, starvation around the planet is a really mm-hmm. big deal, and the reason yeah. these people got so much VC funding is this is something that could potentially help feed starving people around the world. So Yeah, so like why would they name it Soylent after a <laughs> film in which the opening scenes feature people who are starving to death eating Soylent, which turns Because out you be don't people. let engineers name Yeah, because that's yeah. a horror movie. So I think they maybe didn't think that all the way through, but it's okay. I, yeah. I like the concept of it, for real. But... That movie is scary. <laughs> I just really wish they hadn't named it that. That movie freaked me out. Uh, but, you know, if they just called it Project X, nobody would have cared. You know, that's I how they got buzz around called it. it. I don't know. Anyway, so Smoothies. so video games? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Let's do this. So, you know, we're only 20 minutes in. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Let's get around to video games. Casually. So what we're going to do this week, which is a little bit different, is that there there's some news, but... Really, there are a lot of huge games that came out this week, and so that's just what we're going to talk about. So we have had a bunch of games, and we may not even do what we're playing. I guess we'll see. We There's a bunch of big games that came out, and the first one that obviously we're going to talk about, because we've been talking about it since, like, episode two or three of this of this show, is Super Smash Brothers. So, Maddie, I know you have... A lot of Are thoughts. Are we the only ones playing it? I think Steve? we. Well, I know, well, Brie, you got the demo, right? Did you get the. No, whole game? I bought the whole thing. Oh, you did? This game's okay. great. Okay. Yeah. And oh, Georgia, no, you're right. Brie has been playing Georgia, it. do you have a 3DS or no? I I don't have a 3DS. Okay. No, Judgment. <laughs> Brie hates her 3DS, so it's okay. I do. <laughs> so, Maddie, I guess you're, you're probably the best one of the three of us to talk about. I, we don't need to explain the game because we've talked about it ad nauseum, and every, pretty much I think everybody knows what it is but you know finally yeah. getting your hands on the game like what are, and playing the the living hell out of it i'll just say i mean we talked a little bit at the beginning about how brie and i did an event at mit this weekend and um the third person on the panel was todd harper and i hosted him while he was here and he brought us 3ds and he he works for university of baltimore by the way if people want to look up his work uh he's a professor of video game design 
So he brought his 3DS. And so if he had not been at my apartment to play Super Smash with me for the whole weekend locally, I really don't think I would have enjoyed this game as much as I have been. Because to me, the fun thing about fighting games is to play them in person with people. And Super Smash is in its current state, not designed for local play. Like when Todd and I were playing together, we had to only play against bots because the game pretty much only wants you to play online with other people that you don't know or online with your own friends. And when you play with your own friends, it kind of expects you to do one-on-one. I don't know if you two have experienced this at all. Have you tried to play? I haven't tried to play online at all. So Okay. So, I I mean, that's just what I'm interested in doing is playing other people. So, I I really enjoyed playing with Todd, but I really wanted to play with Todd and two other people. And that just wasn't something that we could do. And the fact that that isn't available, as well as the fact that the user interface for the multiplayer for Smash is really opaque is bizarre to me. And I know that this is just a classic Nintendo issue where they just aren't that great at designing UIs that make sense. But, I mean, that's that's a really huge oversight in my book. But I still had a lot of fun actually playing the game, and we played it a lot. Like, pretty <laughs> much every hour of this weekend was that. Wow. So, okay. yeah. I mean, yeah. like, you know, we, we left. We saw people. We went and got food and came back. We, we did normal were human things. Were you thinking things, about but... the game the entire time, though, that you were eating? Um, <laughs> you know when a game is good and you're just, like, thinking about it every moment? I was. I'm definitely more of a Smash person than Todd, but he loves fighting games, so he's on board for it. But I have played every single Smash. Everybody who listens to this show knows that. Um, so I am thinking just in terms of what are the technical differences between this and other Smash games. To me... I think that technically it's great. I'm really enjoying how they went back to a lot of the ways that the characters move and fight that are similar to Melee as opposed to Brawl. Like the recovery system in the game is more similar to Melee this time around as opposed to Brawl. There's dodging and it, the game feels more like Melee from just the way the characters move to me. And I really, really like that because Brawl, there were some characters that felt kind of choppy to me in their movements and it, it just didn't feel quite the same so i'm from a technical standpoint i really appreciate that they got back to that and i don't i don't really know why brawl was different yeah so i appreciate that but mostly i just really want the wii u version yeah anyway what do do you guys think about it i just talked a lot i've gone like i do with nintendo in general i've gone back and forth between loving the game and hating it and it's like there's no in between like i'll I'll say this up front i don't regret buying it at all because my daughter's been playing it and loving it and so it's it's worth the $40 for her to enjoy it and start playing Smash so that hopefully she'll be up to speed when we do get the Wii U version. And what I found out is that from switching it between her 3DS and mine, I was hoping I would kind of be able to use her as my personal gold farmer to start like going through all the Smash battles to unlock the characters. But apparently it saves that on the console, not on the cartridge, huh. which is weird. So I, that kind of ruined my plan, but whatever. Oh, because you don't want to have to unlock all the characters again when you get the Wii U version, you mean? Well, no, because one of the ways that you can unlock all the characters is just by playing Smash Smash Mode over and over and over again, which she will do, uh, you know, left to her own devices. So I figured I would just kind of get all the characters by default without having to grind through that, but not so much. But I really, 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 really do not like the circle pad for this at all. Yeah. Like, I My thumb hurts after about half an hour. 
And Do you have an XL or a 3DS? I have an XL. Okay. I'm wondering about this because I... Ever since I, I messed around with the controls, which now that it's not in the demo anymore, it's the full game, you can change what buttons are what. I like it a lot better now because I've changed the buttons to make more sense to me. And the circle pad, I, I'm just being gentle with it. I'm trying to be. <laughs> really? Can you do that when you're fighting? Because I go crazy and I will be like... I'm doing okay so far. I was kind of worried about breaking it at first, but I, I think I've got a handle on what it is like now apparently but, apparently patricia hernandez broke hers yeah no, I, I today. but wow. I, i've been okay so far but i also have a 3ds i don't have an xl and i have heard from some other people just random people on twitter that they are thinking that it's very very painful and all of the people who've said that to me have an xl so i wonder if that's the problem it might be a little bit squishier or something yeah. like that like i find the 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 moves very er- erratic like, I can't dodge at all because it only works, like, half the time. Oh. And, like, I'll go to do, like, an up special move and I'll end up going to the side and falling off the, oh. the edge of the of the uh, stage. Now, do you think that that's your lack of skill, though, Steve? Not to say that you're not <laughs> – no, sorry. Thanks, wait, Georgia. Sorry. No, no. <laughs> no, I didn't mean it like that. Hey, Steve, do you think it's because you suck? <laughs> I wasn't even going to say that. I'm on your side with that a lot because no, I honestly, I, like I just want to play this on a controller. I know. That's exactly it. And I'm sorry, Steve. I meant I meant to say, do you think that as you get better at the way that the controls are built on the 3D? Forget about it. I'm not even going. No, no, I don't I don't think so because I think it really is the, the circle pad just inaccurate for it. Someone said that that should be the title. <laughs> Steve, do you think it's because you suck? I didn't say that. See, we we wasted the that. we wasted the title the Steve title on last week. We should have right. that one. Every more title weird. should just be a subtle jab at Steve. <laughs> so, so as someone who's less awesome at Smash, like, can I? I mean, I don't think that's possible, Bree. That that you're less awesome at Smash than well, I am. Well, I'm sure say, Steve's very talented at Smash. Want to throw it down? But it really bothers me that there's no control setting to you know set the directional movement for the characters to the the directional pad. Yeah. Because as far as I can tell, there's no at least the characters I've played on. Like you can move in one of eight directions. Like it doesn't. You don't need the analog control to super fine control it. I would rather have that precision for dashing and, you know, input. Mm. I think you do for this for the smash moves though cuz it does pick up on how yeah, cuz you have to charge you can charge them. So yeah. you that... can charge them and it and it picks up on whether you're doing a quick movement or you're yeah. holding it down. I'm not sure how that would feel on the directional pad. I don't know why they didn't allow for that, but it seems like they should have. I agree. I, I also had to, you know, we haven't talked about this on the show, but I lost my 3DX, uh, 3DS XL at PAX. And, you know, an isometric listener and a friend of mine was nice enough to sell me his 3DS for a very, uh-huh. very awesome price. But it's the smaller version. And I drastically, drastically, drastically prefer the smaller version because, like, if the XL, all I'm doing is looking at the pixelation. It's making me insane the whole time I'm staring at all these pixels. So it's like smaller and it feels better in my hands. It's just, it felt yeah. feels better made. That's the one that I have too. So I, I think, I mean, it's not hurting my hands at all. So yeah. I... I also have an experience then. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe maybe it is the, the circle pad on the on the XL. I don't know. But Maybe. It, yeah, I mean, the problem with this game is I just feel like I've played it already. 
See, and that's where we're coming at it from really different directions. Yeah, because it's yeah, completely Brie new to you. Completely new to this, right? Cool. I've tried to because I've tried a lot to get into Smash Brothers, particularly on Wii U, and I think that game sucks. I'm sorry. And Do you mean I, Brawl? Brawl? You mean yeah, Brawl, the okay. one on Wii U. And um, I picked the Wii, this up. Right, right, right. But she's playing out of the Wii U, so it's for oh, the Wii U. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. So, you know, I start playing this one, and the controls feel tighter, and it's like, from the instant I start playing, it's like, okay, I understand this. This is a fighting game. This is this doesn't feel like a, a toy for casuals. Like, this is a hardcore fighting game. And, you know, I pick my characters, and I start going through them and figuring out who I'm going to main, and it just feels awesome. I mean, like, this is a game I really... Don't get me wrong, if I had to pick my fighting game time i think persona 4 ultimax is a better game but this is a quality game and it's worth like picking up enough skills to learn how to play with normal people and because it's also new to me i mean the 3ds version of it is perfect because you know if i'm sitting on the couch with my husband he really commandeers the tv sometimes so i can you know like i can sit there and practice a fighting game and you know really get to be good at it so you know for what i personally want this for which is to basically hone my skills for you know a party this is pretty much perfect and i i think it's great i agree i just really miss being able to play in person with people yeah. right right that yeah like spectating with friends and switching off. I mean, to me, that's a big part of playing and it's not going to be available until the Wii U version is out, but they announced when the Wii U version was going to be out and it's November 21st. And I already have arranged to hang out with a bunch of people that weekend and play smash with them. So yeah, sorry that it isn't you guys. It's my smash friends. This is my hardcore competitive smash (laughs) friends. We'll plan, we'll plan a, we'll plan a Thanksgiving smash party or something. I'll play with you guys later. (laughs) My worry about starting a game like that is that I'm going to be so much behind the curve. You will Like Maddie, you've played for how long now? No, since I was in middle school, but it's not like, like, (laughs) you're going to be fine. But, but you know, you know what it is, Georgia, is that because there's four people, yeah, yeah. All, that's what makes it different. Is that because you can just it's not turtle one on one. the whole time? <laughs> oh, I get it. Because there's four people, no one's gonna go after me because they'll be like, "She's no threat." It's also, <laughs> I mean, if you play for fun, then oh well, we can talk about this actually. Smash has done this. Smash has done this new thing in multiplayer where you can play quote for fun with items on any stage or for glory, which is no items. Final destination. I pretty much always play for fun when I'm playing with other people. So if you're new at it, you can just use items and evade people and just kind of take advantage of the space as opposed to worrying as much about the moves. And I mean, even if you don't win, you can still have a good time just doing that. I don't know. Being beaten up. Yeah. No, I, I the way that the game works, it's not it's not it's not like Street Fighter where it's one-on-one yeah. and the other person knows exactly how to react to every single thing you do. It's there's a level of unpredictability in Smash, which is why yeah. people okay. don't like it sometimes or mm. why I do like it because to me that luck element is is part of what makes it fun. I don't know. I think that's true for for card games, too, or or other kinds of games. Like, having Mm -hmm. just a little bit of chance element to it adds to the experience because it means that you can play with your friend who isn't as good and your friend who's really good, but everybody's having a good time together because you never know who's going to win. If if you look at technically, like, 
you know, game design theory, which is an actual, you know, liberal art science. A perfect game has a certain mix of skill and luck. And this is why I think Peggle is a perfect game. Because, like, if you get super lucky on a bounce, or depending on which board you start on first, it's practically impossible to you know, catch up to the other person. So if I sat down with, say, Georgia, who I'm guessing has never played Peggle before, she's going to win a few games because it's not entirely skill-based. I-, I love Peggle, actually. Oh, okay. Wow. We've got to play then. Oh, yeah. I love Peggle. I used to play it all the time. But you'll, you, yes, you will own me. Because <laughs> well, as well over, as you do. over time, like, because yeah. I've played over 3,000 hours of it at this point. So Smash seems like that to me. It's a game I want to master. But what I want to know from you, Maddie, is I I approach this from someone that is in more of a fighting game background. And like when when I start learning Poison, it's like, what are the combos I want to master? So, and there's none of that here. There's no combo trainer. So what's the high level game that someone like me doesn't understand? (laughs) Um... I I'm probably not the best person to ask that, but because I've never actually competed in Smash, I've had friends who've competed in Smash that I I should like get to guess on the show if you really want to go deep into Smash. But I I mean stuff like dodging and using the space, and it kind of depends on whether you care about items or not. Like the fact that this version of Smash is specifically designating competitive play has no items and it's on final destination is kind of a weird political move because for a really long time in the smash community using items was something that some tournaments would allow you to do i like items but that's kind of weird like it's considered not hardcore that i would like them do you know what i'm saying but that makes it more like a traditional fighting game though doesn't it i mean that's that's what like street fighter would be like brie you can probably imagine that if it's just one-on-one and you're on Final Destination, then really it's all about the moves and spacing and air attacks if you're playing a character who's weak in the air, like Little Mac is weak in the air, or and he's very strong on the ground, which a lot of people are talking about right now because he's a new character. A lot of people are picking him. Um, so for that character, you would really want to make sure to get him in the air. But I mean, it's it, from a moveset standpoint, it's so much simpler to learn. But But to me, just because there are fewer moves to learn doesn't doesn't mean that the game is easier per se i mean you could say the same thing of peggle it's just a matter of reacting to what the other person does so just from a pure standpoint of 1v1 it's it's not that different from other fighting games because you're watching what the other person does and seeing how you can react to it i i think i think also smash is a lot more focused on jumping around and floating around and recovering from being knocked off at the right time sort of like how in soul Calibur you have to worry about getting knocked off all the time but but in the smash you can actually come back if you want to pit two street fighter characters against each other have vastly different styles yeah i, I can main cammy who is you know technically she's a rushdown character she's right. really good at getting up in your face and doing combos mm-hmm. that is in stark opposition to say jury who is my best character by miles in street fighter whose entire purpose is to control vast amounts of space on the board right so it's very apparent to me that smash is all about the control of space because the 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 moves are very simple yeah you know, there's no combos in the same way it, right. it seems a lot more like peggle where it's overall situational analysis and thinking five moves ahead yeah yeah definitely 
Yeah, I will say, Georgia, that the one thing that if you're worried about, like, a new person coming in, like, when we did play it at Best Buy, the Wii U version, it was, you know, I, and I said this way back then, but it was, like, the four of us in our family who play video games, and my wife won two out of the, two out of the, oh, no, she won one out of the two matches, and she's, I mean, Maureen's not a non-gamer, like, she plays games, but she doesn't play Smash ever. I mean, that was probably the first time she picked it up in, like, five years, and she, like, annihilated all of us. So I wouldn't worry too much about that. Okay. Yeah. Especially since this is still a new game and people are still figuring out what the new characters are like. It's a really good time to hop on board. And that's true of pretty much any fighting game. Whenever a new one comes out, that's actually a good time to come back in and check it out. I know it seems like the opposite would be true, but usually a lot of things will change from iteration to iteration in fighting right. games. Right, and so. everyone else is going to have to relearn certain yeah, moves because yeah, exactly, their muscle exactly. memory will be wrong because That's the game right. will have different moves. So I might even have an advantage. Yeah, you'll be better than me. It's like It's <laughs> like learning a different type of martial arts, right? You have to unlearn moves. That's, you know, empty your cup. Yeah, and like, I mean, I was playing with Todd, and, and Todd is definitely better than me at other fighting games. But we were neck and neck because we were learning the game at the exact same time together that weekend. Like, we both Mm. got it at the same time. We both played at the same time. And it was like we were learning it at the exact same time. And I could look at each of our kills and be like, oh, we're actually keeping up with each other. This isn't a situation where one of us is just killing it and the other one is doing a terrible job (laughs) and it kind of made me feel better and it was also fun to watch us both improve and try out all the characters together and just actually watch that learning process happen but Mm -hmm. a lot of people are going through that now so it's a really good time to try it yeah i mean if you think about it like you're probably going to be playing like mario because you've never played it before but somebody who's starting up is probably going to be playing with little mac or palutina or the duck hunt dog or something like that, because those are new characters that they've never gotten to play before. And they right, know right, Mario, right, like, right. that's exactly right. Because they, they're already used to playing Dr. Mario before or Ganondorf or whoever they already played for a bajillion years. And now they want to try out Palatine. the new characters. Right. Yeah. Um, it, it seems like a really good game. And I, I, yeah, I deeply regret saying on this show, it was not a deep fighting game for casuals. Well, it's, I mean, it's really different than other fighting games. It's unique in a particular way. I mean, mm. to be fair, though, Brawl was, ugh, I'm, <laughs> it's, it's not a good game. There's actually a, there's a, there's a homebrew mod that improves yeah, it it's significantly. It's called Project M. So you might want to look at that. I mean, if you don't care about, well, I mean, it's not even really that dangerous as far as a as far as a hack is concerned. I, I just want to master the current one going yeah. version. Yeah, but that's yeah, why yeah. I wanted to ask you guys. Can I ask like your opinion about a few characters? Because the ones I'm most interested in are Zero Suit Samus. Yup, right on it. I am. I love. Wait, who Zero is Suit who Samus. is the second one? Uh, Rosalina. Yeah, she's I, cool too. Really, yeah. I was trying to. I'm. I'm probably have to spend some more time with her. I haven't really been able to figure out how Rosalina works. Um, yeah, she's very floaty, yeah. but I, I would buy that Brie likes her if she likes playing as Jury in, in yeah. SF. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of a similar ethos behind her character. She has this mega powerful, like, attack everything in front of you move that will just knock everyone off the board if you time it right. And she's very floaty for kind of dodging attacks. Mm-hmm. So that's yeah. why that's why I've always made Pikachu, because Pikachu yeah. has like the the Thunderbolt move where you just get underneath them and down then drop B? that down. Yeah, that down, down B. B. Yeah. yeah. And, th- and then I've been using that out. one since the very first <laughs> Smash ever. That was who I mained was Pikachu. 
and his or hers, I don't know what gender Pikachu is, his down B <laughs> is so overpowered in the first game. It's ridiculous. You can it's still pretty overpowered. People. I know. They've they've been pretty good with that. They've really continued to let the down B move be great. The down B move is great for a lot of characters. I like DK's down B a lot still. It is hilarious. Oh, looking. Brie, you would actually like D- Donkey Kong, Donkey Kong's Final Smash because he goes into Donkey Konga mode and it becomes like a rhythm game. Oh, cool. Yeah. yeah. So you would probably, and I, I, that's right. Yeah. I remember Donkey Konga. That was a fun game way back when. Yeah. Donkey Kong has really good music in general. Yeah. Oh, speaking of music, the people who did the Harmony of the Hunter fan tribute album, uh, which is also really good, just released Harmony of Heroes, which we'll link in the show notes, which is like 101 tracks of fan tribute music of this, the Super Smash Brothers Brawl soundtrack. It's really, really good. And it's free. Awesome. So go hmm. go download it. That's like eight hours long. It's it's ridiculous. It's <laughs> awesome. Listen to it all before next show. Yes. I pretty much just get all the Metroid tracks. There are a lot of really cool orchestrations of the Metroid songs in the various Smash games. Yeah. If anybody besides me is into that kind of thing. And the F-Zero, and the F-Zero music, <laughs> the too. Metroid music is really great. Good. Yeah, but Metroid's I mean, they've done some awesome. really cool reorchestrations of existing songs Ooh. that are neat. I, I really mm. like pretty much everything about the Smash games, to be honest. Do you remember the other, uh, the remix of Ridley's theme that was in Dead or Alive Dimensions? It is so good. Like this, this, oh my God, it's so good. Like You, you, should, you should get Harmony music. of a Hunter, Brie, because I think you would like it. I have that. I listen yeah. to music. Yeah. I was listening yeah, to some yeah. of it. Yeah, we definitely own that. Folks are asking if that'll be in the show notes, and it will. Yeah, awesome. it will. Yes, Steve is great that way. The patriarch will take care of. Yes, the patriarch <laughs> will take care of it. <laughs> or as we like to call him, Dad. So <laughs> awkward segue, Steve. You are a patriarch, right? Yeah, like, pretty much. Yeah, I'm yeah. a father. You own so that? yeah, you own that. You own that. Because yeah. we are talking on Twitter, and you know. Oh I do. What's, go- what's happening going? here? I'm scared. I'm scared for Steve. What's happening? Georgia and I are scared, Bree. Is, is it Bree. true? Is it true that like so? Well, somebody from the patriarchy has to keep this show in line. So right, yeah. right. I mean, do the women in your house? Do all the women in your house get to vote on decisions, or is it just some of the women? See, you say that as though I am ever consulted in any of the decisions. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> Okay. Steve lives in a matriarchy, is what it sounds yeah. like. Yeah, my dad used to always say that. Yeah, I'm I'm the boss of the house, and my wife told me I could say that. I just thought it was cute. <laughs> <laughs> he used to do it all the time. It was his joke. Uh, it's a pretty good joke. Just cute, dad. You know, well, unless you have any more uh, flogging of the patriarchy, I am happy to flog the patriarchy and, some uh, more. Let's do it. Let's do it. <laughs> This week, we are brought to you by a new sponsor, which is lynda.com, which is an easy and affordable way to help people learn. You can instantly stream thousands of courses created by experts on business, software, web development, graphic design, and lots of other stuff. Uh, lynda.com works directly with industry experts and software companies to provide timely training. Often the same day new versions or releases hit the market, so you're always up to speed. All of their courses are produced at the highest quality, and they are not like uh, homemade videos that you'd find on YouTube. Each course is broken up into bite-sized pieces. You can learn at your own pace or and learn from start to finish or just find a quick answer. Lynda.com has great tools like searchable transcripts, playlists, and certificates of course completion. You can even publish those onto your LinkedIn profile, which is great if you're a professional. So whether you're a beginner or advanced, Lynda.com has courses for all experience levels, and they make it easy to learn anywhere with apps for iPhone, iPad, and Android. 
Uh, one low price of $25 gives you unlimited access to 100,000 video tutorials. And premium members with an annual plan can download courses onto their iPhones, iPads, or Android phones and watch them offline and also download project files and practice with the instructor. And, and Bree, you said that you'd use Linda a lot when you were first getting started, right? Yeah, when Rev60 was starting up, I knew nothing about how to make video games. I mean, I had a programming background, but uh, I didn't, I'd, I'd never used a 3D program before ever. And um, what is really interesting to me is most of the other people at my company, uh, you know, Amanda and Maria, they had, well, like Amanda, she used to work as a manager of a, a very well known you know, store here. And then she went and spent a lot of money, you know, going and getting basically a second degree in 3D art. And what I did was, you know, I didn't spend $30,000 going and getting a degree. I literally sat down with Linda and, you know, I said to myself, I'm not going to go get a graduate degree. I'm going to use that money and basically launch my own game company, which is exactly what I did. So when we were starting with Rev60, I would I literally sat there for most of the Christmas of 2010, watching Linda videos, working with Maya, and learning how to do it. And I have to tell you, like I think that was a very, very, very smart move. Like something I tell people all the time is, you know, don't get a don't go get a a degree in game production from a college. You know, there are some things like if you really want to see us background, that's worth it. But it really scares me. Some of these programs that will literally leech like $50,000 from you a semester to like teach you a game dev degree because I have these kids coming in applying to me and their their work, frankly, isn't that good. I'm a big believer in like real world experience. So, you know, I can tell you that like I really, really am a very passionate fan of this site. Um, I think their their tutorials are top notch, and if you're the kind of person that just wants to learn how to do something by sitting down and doing it, I just I think it's a beyond cost effective way. Mm-hmm. I also have used it in the past with um, you know Adobe updates their stuff so frequently uh, that there's just no way you can keep up to it. So every time I go and upgrade to a new version of Photoshop, Illustrator you know, After Effects, something like that, I will go over to Linda and watch the videos, you know, because you cannot keep up with everything that they're doing any other way. They'll literally put out a video. It's like, here's everything that's new with this version. Yeah, I'm not putting down education, but I'm saying for me, I already had a background in how to use like production software. So it was a lot smarter play for me to kind of sit there and learn how to do it on my own. And also have friends I could ask questions to like, yeah, ZBrush, is this something that would be good to know? So I really think it's a fantastic product. I think it's beyond worth what you pay for it. Like you can watch whatever you want for the entire month for $50. Like learn as much as you want. So yeah. And you know what? If you don't if you don't take Bree's word for it, you can just try it for yourself for seven days. If you go to lynda.com slash isometric, you'll be able to try it completely free for seven days. And then you can decide if you want to if you want to pay for it. So there's absolutely no risk. Just go ahead and do that. So make sure to go to lynda.com slash isometric to show your support for the show. And thank you so much to Linda for supporting five by five and isometric. Okay, so Georgia, it's your it's your time to shine. Cause uh so we're 
Georgia has been glowing about Shadow of Mordor all week, and I am I am excited wow. for I am excited for you to convince me why I should love it because I'm not a hundred percent there yet. So I right. really want you to sell me on it because. Well, why don't you talk about a little bit about the game first, and then you can tell, talk about what you like about it. If you're a Lord of the Rings fan, then you, you've probably heard about this game. I, I love the movies, but I'll be honest, it's not why I played the game. And I often, and I think we've spoken about this before, don't like to play games that were based upon movies because I think that usually they're going to spend most of their money in the advertising and figure that all of their fans are going to buy the game just because they love uh, the sh- the the movie or the show that are doing like if we made an isometric game you know just a few hand turkeys <laughs> some crackalackin happening you know hopefully our people would would help and support but we'd make an amazing game because Brie would do it and we anyways um, so <laughs> Shadow of Mordor would definitely not be a cash in absolutely not <laughs> so Shadow of Mordor this game is if you like it's it's kind of like a mix for me of a mix of Assassin's Creed and Arkham. That's kind of the game play as it seems. And the funniest part is that I have both games and my husband played Assassin's Creed and I played some Ark and I watched him play Assassin's Creed, but I wasn't interested in either game. I watched them. I was like, ah, they're good games. But I was like, meh, I'm not so sure. So I started watching Shadow of Mordor and I was instantly hooked on this game. What platform are you playing it on, by the way, Georgia? I'm playing it on PC. Well, I'm playing it... And I, I'm using my Xbox controller. It's, I am loving this game. Why do I love this game? So here you are. You play as, and again, yes, like a lot of the, like there's a lot of th- people are, are complaining about some different aspects of the game, and they're right. There are no real playable female characters, and I think that they could have done that because the character you're playing is a dual character, and they could have made the alpha female elf, which would have been very cool for me. And the funniest part is my husband, that's the first thing he says, so sad that you could not play a female character on the game save that you're using. But what I love about the game is that there's a lot of, like, the AI is amazing. It's not too difficult to play. And it's, like, you you play and you can go absolutely anywhere you want on Middle Earth and travel around and you can make the game play the manner in which you want. There's different um, creatures that you maim and hurt. There was It's violent. It's not a non-violent game. <laughs> it's um, a little brutal game. But you're ending up having to fight off elves and uruks and you're trying to lower um, Sauron's army in order to help out. So that, you know, and you end up seeing Gollum. It's really, really awesome. But my favorite part is that you can play your own kind of strategy, and there's so much different strategy that you can use to this game. So my husband's like a straight-out brute. Like, he just runs at things and then fights, and I'm more stealth. So I'll, like, hide inside of a bush and then, like, lure one person. I'm very patient. Lure one person at a time and then try to, like, sneak up and backstab them. But strategy is really, really important. And then when you kill off a um, one of the captains... They remember, like, you know, they kill you off. If you, they kill you off, they remember, and they end up, like, trash-talking you after when they see you again, saying, we've already killed you once. And you actually, they go up in power because they've killed you once, and then everyone talks about how they killed me off and trash-talk you. And if you kill off another captain, then there's a different power struggle. So everyone's game is different depending on who they kill and what happens. And the gameplay changes depending on that. I absolutely am so addicted to this game. And I'm very rarely addicted to any game. I love this game. 
Like, my husband's playing it now, and I'm, like, just thinking about the time. Because we actually time it one hour, one hour, one hour, one hour. Every night I've been playing this game. <laughs> wow. Yeah. That's really dedicated that you only play for one hour at a stretch. Oh, no, I would play for longer. But then my husband wants to play, so. And we wa- it's fun to watch. Like, we c- usually when one of us is playing a game, the other one will be, like, doing something else. No. It's so cool because every single captain has a different set of weaknesses and strengths, and you end up getting all of these powers that you can change to put onto different um, skill sets. So depending on whatever your skill sets are and whatever the captain's weaknesses are, you have to fight them in different ways. You can write, ride Karagors, which are these like monsters that like destroy people. Um, I was uh, stepped on and squished by a cave troll, and then the captain, of course, claimed that he killed me, which upset me. Because I'm like, you did not kill me. The cave troll came by and, like, stepped on me, you. And um, the coolest part is that you can also... I, uh, my husband killed someone, and it was someone... He avenged the death of someone else on a different game. And that happened to me, too, because, like, I, I'm taking my time with the game, doing all the side stuff to make myself really, really powerful. Um so yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty awesome. That's all I have to say. Yeah, I, I'm I'm starting to get. I st- I've been playing this. I've finally gotten back on the bike now that my pneumonia's gone, and Oof. I've been playing this on the bike. And I think I've started to get there where you're getting to. Yeah. The problem I have I have a lot of problems with the game besides the the subject matter which we'll talk about. But yeah, I really I get frustrated when you have really complex games like this and they don't help you get started. Right. And right. I spent the first two hours of the game running into the same stronghold, <laughs> getting murdered, and then going back in and then just going back in again like Groundhog Day. Steve, why are you doing that? Because I had no idea. There's like, there's like three different currencies. There's experience points. There's power that you get from killing chieftains. And then there's this other currency that you get from doing these right. side quests. Which you is do what know you that use. they have like a little like tutorial section. I don't read they... Georgia. I, <laughs> I don't. I don't have time okay. to read. Um, you're right. You're right. Uh, you're absolutely. They right. don't tell totally you about that. that because everything else they pop up, but right. they don't pop up anything about that. This has nothing. You can just play, or you can go and read about stuff. And of course, my husband just played like you. He yeah. just went in and just goes around and blah, kills everything. Um, and I was, of course, I'm like, I'm going to get as educated on this because I don't want to get slaughtered because it scares. I get I in the middle of playing like a captain came out and like popped out at me and I actually screamed so loud I threw the controller and then my my husband my kid my my poor boy he was like mommy what's wrong with mommy and my husband's like no it's okay it's an orc and he's like he's like what do you mean it's an orc and I'm like he's like no and I'm like having like a mild panic attack because he came out of like nowhere and you get this cut scene that he's gonna slaughter you of which you know he did um and yeah, my, like, my daughter walks in with her with yeah. her fingers in her ears now when she thinks that I'm playing a daddy game. It's hilarious. <laughs> That's adorable. Well, I also love the fact that you can like um, use your your I, I don't even know what it's called. I call it the force. It's not the force, but you the can wraith like, powers. Thank you. You can use your wraith powers and drain um, the bad guys. And every single time, I like break out some Batman line, which which it, it, to me is cool. It's probably one of the lamest things, but I'm like you know I'm like fear me every single time. It's draining. <laughs> And it's probably really tired by now, but I I can't help but do that every single time I 
I drained them. Yeah, so so the problem <laughs> was that I didn't know that you have to do all these side quests, and I don't normally do like a lot of side quests because right. I'm just trying to go through the plot, which which there really isn't a whole lot of it. <laughs> but I didn't figure that out at the time. So <laughs> you know, so I'm going in and I'm getting killed because they start you off with zero health. And what I'm gathering is that the the difficulty curve is like completely upside down. Like the beginning of the game is really difficult because you have nothing, but then the difficulty doesn't really ramp up in like proportionally with how you gain power. So it's it, apparently a lot of people have been saying it's easy, but there's no difficulty setting on it. So I've been finding it really difficult. And I don't, I actually do all of the, I boost up all my levels and do all the little mini quests and find all kinds of different herbs and stuff before I, I go, like I, I couldn't even pat like four extra points before I could even pass to the next tier of abilities because I'd done all the little mini ta- quests first because I'm just so scared to death of being <laughs> slaughtered that I'm like, I'm boosting up. And so my story, I've like gotten to like almost not even a little bit of the story, but. Yeah. And I, and I, I guess the other time. problem that I have is that they have missions where stealth missions where you can insta fail if you don't aren't yes. stealthy enough. And that yes. just, that just drives me nuts. I didn't do that one. The one where you have to backstab 10. I no, did not. There's one stronghold where you have to do it. You have to get through the whole stronghold without anybody sounding the alarm. Right. That one. That's a hard one. And I suck and I can't, <laughs> and I just like last right. two minutes and then the guy runs and then I'm done. And, and it's like, right. and I can't be stealthy enough to pull that off. And that just kind of frustrates See, me. I'm always in stealth. Like, that's just me. Yeah. I'm like sneaking around. Like, it'll take me like, <laughs> it was so funny. I ran across a field once and my husband's like, good job. Cause that would have taken you 10 minutes. <laughs> well, you know, you, you know, you can stealth run, right? I do. I still. I do. now. I actually just run because I'm not. I'm, yeah. I'm past that now. But at first, I was like hiding behind the bushes for so long. I'd be like, nothing's there. And I would look around in wraith form because you can see what creatures are far away, and, and you can also hear them when you're in wraith form, which I think is really cool. And I, I just like the fact that I can use my kind of strategy of waiting around and, like, you know, you know, I, I lure everything into me one at a time, like fishing, which I find infinitely fun. And then I lure them. I'm like, here, come over here. There's candy. And then the, the Odic comes by and I'm like, I, I like throw the candy a little further with like a fake arrow. And then they turn around like, ooh, what's this on the ground? And then I'm like, ha ha. And I sneak up to them like really, really quiet. And then I'm like, slice their neck. Which is not really kind. It isn't. Wow, this nice... is side of Georgia yeah. I've never seen. I like Pro this. tip, don't go trick-or-treating then... at Georgia's house. <laughs> <laughs> this is fun. I like hearing about Georgia's sneaky murder side. Yeah, can you talk about slashing their neck again? And can you lower your voice and kind of whisper it again like that? <laughs> We're getting a new Georgia ring, so... <laughs> I like this a lot. This is... This is scary. Are you Dexter? Are I you know, Canadian I, Dexter? I, I, I could. I, I, I Canadian Dexter. <laughs> he murders you, but he's very polite about it. Very sweet. And then they apologize afterwards. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Darkly uh, dreaming Georgia? He's wrong with me. Yeah. So it does have a lot of people have, have mentioned some things that, that are wrong about the game, such as you're killing things. There's, oh there's no! A lot of oh my god! Oh, Killing things. No. You are. I'm well, against. I can't it. do that. I mean, it's, <laughs> it's it's even like beyond that though, because it's like not only ki- killing things, but it's like you're encouraged to like use your target's fears against them and like in, like torture. Yeah, but isn't that just being smart? Well, no, yeah. but you're also like torturing and interrogating the other orcs to get intel. I guess that sounds so cool, though. I have a lot of trouble getting a- on board with articles like that. Yeah, like you're, I'm, you're not I'm actually too dark even of a them. person. Yeah. 
<laughs> to be like, oh, that sounds very bad. Very, very bad. Yeah. A game with complex social dynamics where you learn what characters are afraid of and use that to exploit them. Yes, that's a bad game that doesn't sound interesting to me at yeah. all. <laughs> Like what? No, that well, sounds amazing. Yeah, like, like the, yeah, it's the, evil, but you're yeah. pretending. It's pretending. You're, you're, you're you're basically like elfish Jack Bauer is basically what yeah. you are. Yeah, like the like the version was talking about how like they use the word brutalize. Like, well, what? I have a knife. Like, what's how is? The, of course, I'm. Like, it's not going to be kind. It's not a butter knife. I'm not buttering these orcs. I'm like, it's gonna. <laughs> It's gonna, it's gonna yeah, hurt. I mean, it's you're probably not, not like be putting fun. them down with a morphine shot. Like it's not. It's gonna. It's war. You're at war. I'm pretty sure I saw buttered orcs on Iron Chef at one point. Mm-mm. No, I'm not tasty. They're in little. The, the part of it that is sad to me is that apparently there aren't even women combatants. Is that correct? No, They're, like the first woman, the first woman you encounter for. I, I mean, I've I've put like four hours into the game, and I've that's the only woman I've seen is. The main character's wife, who spoiler alert. So you've you've probably heard. You <laughs> don't about, even need to spoil you know, it. No, as soon no, as I heard that yeah. he had a wife, I was like, she's dead. Well, yeah. well just because well, yeah. just because everybody's yeah. heard about the the press X to kiss your wife. Yeah, I stealth, yeah, yeah, yeah. stealth. But tutorial. even without that, though, I'm like, she's dead. She's a woman's in a game. She her entire purpose is to be the main character's wife. She's out. She's done. Yeah. She's down yeah. for the count. This is a yeah. video game. Welcome yeah. to video games. Yeah. So that that whole um, press X to kiss your wife thing is about two minutes before she's killed. Carolyn Pettit had a really fantastic piece about this. And, you know, I I don't mind games where you kill things. Like, uh, Georgia, the gameplay you're, you're describing sounds extremely similar to the, the new Metal Gear, which right. I think is excellent. But I personally do not play games that go past a certain point of misogyny. Um, you know, like Grand Theft Auto went yeah. past that point for me. Yeah. This game, I haven't played it, but from everything, anyone I know that has some raised consciousness on these issues and cares about the way women are portrayed, they're really frustrated about it. Like, I'm going to quote from Carolyn here. Like, I don't know how anyone, this is from Carolyn. I don't know how anyone can play a game that trots out the same old, incredibly tired, lazy tropes of women getting slaughtered and kidnapped and not be tired of it and wish for something more. Um, She talks about, first, your brooding, violent male hero's wife is murdered so that he and another player could feel justified in taking part in another bloody, epic revenge fantasy. And you're spiritually bound to each other because both of you had wives that were murdered. And I'm sorry, like, this is, a if it were, like, one story that were about this, I would be okay with it. But in a, in a world where these developers chose, they made a choice to excise women from their game. This is not the same choice that Peter Jackson made in his movie. So you have these developers that made an engineering choice that women were not a priority to them. And then they trot out these lazy stereotypes of women getting murdered. At a certain point, this is misogynist. And I'm not going to give those developers my money. And it's it's sad because it sounds like a fun game with a gameplay type that I personally really enjoy. But... I just can't support that, especially in an industry that has so many problems with women. Yeah, I think yeah, – and, yeah. and it's a shame because I think that you're, knowing the kind of stuff that you like, I think the subject matter aside, I think you would really love this game. But I completely understand not being able to play it for that. And I'm borderline uncomfortable with some of the stuff that's going on. I mean I think the imperialism stuff is a little bit overblown. 
like there are some people who are who have written some other articles. There is one in the Verge that we'll link in the show notes that are saying that it's basically like a a white man imperialist simulator, and I I don't really uh, get that yeah. as much, but it's definitely like just even just there's no reason that he has to be male. Like he no. could be he could certainly be a woman, and it wouldn't make a difference. Well, I even thought better. I even thought better would be that like he could be male. And then his elf form could have been yeah. female, and the story would have been it would have been great. Like yeah, I like think actually it would be her even husband been a better game. dies, and yeah. then she has to avenge her husband, and then also they don't fall in love. <laughs> Please, no, 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 they don't fall in love. Let's not yeah. do that all the time. But I, I think that, and and though I do agree, there are not um, like a, a playable female character in it, and and of course the Oryx are all male because the Oryx are all male. And so you only end up with pretty much male characters. And yes, my issue with it is that I don't think that it is actually as misogynistic as I think that the article plays it up more than what I felt when I was playing it. I felt sad that there was no female playable character. And I I was bothered by the fact that, and this is a spoiler, so I apologize if you're playing the game, just skip ahead five minutes. But actually, the, the entire family's killed. I'm killed too. It was actually my son my wife and myself that are killed. So it wasn't that I'm dead too. It's not, I'm avenging my own death. Yeah. Not but you're just a my wife's death that can come back to life. That's sort of the crux. I'm of not the... actually alive. I'm yeah, actually you're, you're like an undead but, dude. Cause you keep getting yeah. killed by all these people, but you yeah. keep coming so back. who knows? Maybe my wife's somewhere doing something too. Like, but I it's not, so. yeah, yeah, <laughs> I guess. and yeah, the other characters, they're not, it's not, I don't find it horribly misogynistic though. She's, the the son and her are captured and and killed and then a another family is also totally wiped out so that doesn't bother me and i don't find it misogynistic because she was strong and loving and wasn't overly sexualized and played as stupid or incompetent and so it didn't anger me at all it bothered me that there were no female playable characters i would have liked that though but but with respect georgia you're coming yeah. at this from a a very different perspective. You are not on the front lines of this issue the way Maddie and I are. True. And let me tell you this. I had, this is what really bothers me about this, this choice that these developers made. I had a conversation this week with uh, a, an entity that exists in video games that will go unnamed. And I was... <laughs> was, I was it God? <laughs> I, was, I was very frustrated with this particular conference because they made a choice to not have women speakers. And mm-hmm. I wrote them a letter and I got a phone call with the people in charge of that conference. And I talked to them. I talked to them about their reputation with women in the industry, like the actual women that make these games, not, not consumers, like the, 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 their reputation with women in the industry. I talked to them about how Gamergate had affected us personally. And I knew going into this meeting, I would have people saying like, oh, I care so much about this issue and the same song and dance. I'm very used to hearing from men on this issue when I just want action. And what bothers me specifically about the choice that these people are making is, yes, you're defending as a consumer. You personally don't find it that misogynist. But I guarantee you, if I went and talked to these, this development team at GDC, and I sat down with them and I looked them in the eye. I said, why did you make an engineering choice to not have women in this game? I would get a BS song and dance about how much they love women, how much they support women. And I would be talking to men with very low consciousness on this issue. And the problem is we as an industry, these games are made by men that don't understand this stuff. 
and they define themselves as themselves as allies from the word go, and they don't want to think about this stuff because thinking about this stuff is uncomfortable for them. Mm-hmm. And it's really when it's at a point where you have women, like literally right now I'm watching people attacking me by name in a 4chan channel and like try to hack my stuff literally as this show is going on and I'm trying to concentrate here, and you have the male members of the press that don't care about it to the point of not reporting on this stuff and my career is being destroyed, they don't get a free pass and I'm just tired of it. Mm-hmm, so yeah. I, I'm sorry. I mean, to me, it's more of a pattern problem. Like I can just off the top of my head, think of like the Splinter Cell series is prominently featured. The female characters die almost immediately to motivate the male character in his quest to avenge his daughter's kidnapping slash death, according to which Splinter Cell you're talking about. Bioshock Infinite is about that. The Last of Us is about that. Spoiler alert for the very beginning of The Last of Us, although if you didn't already know this, you've been hiding under a rock. The guy's daughter dies and then he gets a surrogate daughter for the rest of the game. And it's about how he's overcoming his daughter's death and avenging her. A very, very young girl dies. I mean, that is so classic. It's so classic to have this brooding guy who's a dad and he's a great dad and he's got a wife and she's very virginal and angelic and he's got an adorable kid. Maybe it's a little boy. Maybe it's a little girl. Maybe he's got one of each. Maybe he's got a dog. I don't know. But they're all going to die because (laughs) he is the hero and he's going to avenge them. I mean, that's so cliche to me at this point and I can't relate to it at all because I'm never going to be in that situation I'm never going to be a dad and that's fine but I it's just something that I can't relate to and I really love these games from a mechanic standpoint and I really enjoy playing them and I would really like it if there were one that were a little bit different and I mean we talked about Tomb Raider on this show Tomb Raider is obviously an attempt to sort of change around subvert the trope but even there even with tomb raider there there is not an equivalent game where you have an older woman who is experienced in her field and is hard-boiled and knows what she's doing and is going into battle knowing everything and being an experienced person a lot of times you see even even when there are women protagonists they're still not not quite on the same level as the male protagonist that we see. Do you, do you know what I'm saying? Like it, this, this sort of character of the father avenging the death of his his wife or in, or his young daughter is like so common. And I could and name I, you a hundred games with that. Yeah, on it. I mean, yeah, I we just, just talked about of, like, it two weeks ago with the daddy. Card yeah, too. yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. I I just I, I'm just thinking of the ones like off the top of my head, yeah. and those are the big names. Anyway. Yeah, I don't think I can think of one older woman. No. Yeah, like character. like there's no. I mean, we've talked about like Alien on this show and why we love it, and that's why I love it. And like Terminator Two, that's why mm-hmm. I love it is because you have these women who are experienced and yeah. they are ready to face the challenge. I mean, it's amazing to see that character, and I love to I love that fantasy. And it doesn't happen that often, but it happens for guys all the time, and that just it just makes me sad to see another one of those. I just don't know how you get it through the heads of these dev teams that these stereotypes are no longer acceptable. I don't know how you do that because I it's I don't either because they take it as like a personal insult if I even bring it up. It's, like ugh. it's it's not even <laughs> it's not even that it's just a piece of media that's that's the problem. The problem manifests itself in all kinds of ways, all through our industry. And the fact that these guys don't care 
So that affects their hiring decisions. It affects the way that they treat women in the industry. It affects the kind of women that are hired for their marketing team. It affects how they, what it ultimately affects the messages that gamers on the other end of this are getting about how they can treat women. And it's, I don't know what to do other than to boycott this kind of game. I, I don't. I mean... And if you, if they had, like, one woman on the development team who would have said, hey, this guy's just an empty shell anyway. Well, but you need more than one, you know? Like, it's, it's like, bigger than that. No, I know what yeah. you're saying. I just feel like it's... It's bigger than that. And it's also that a lot of times these developers don't want to take criticism. And, yeah. like, I've... Lots of times AAA devs won't get back to me, but whenever I criticize a game that's a little bit lower tier, a lot of times... I'll get indie developers emailing me and being like, how could you say that I'm doing these sexist tropes? How could you say that about my game? I, that's not what I meant at all. And I'm like, you know, dude, like you just got to chill. <laughs> like the, it's like they don't even want to hear that they're part of this, but it, it doesn't, it's not something wrong with you. It's we're all stewing in it all the time. It's everywhere you look is the, are these tropes that, you know, the virgin whore dichotomy, like women are either angelic mothers or they're, you know, terrible sorceresses with big boobs and you got to kill them. Like, those are like the two kinds of women that are in video right. games. And um, even mean, the like, original one has big boobs, though. Yeah, well, yeah. Yeah, but she's wearing a buttoned up shirt. So it's fine. Right. right. Until someone Same comes character in model. And they got to save yeah. money on the yeah. character model. Um, yeah. So I, I mean, like, even just pointing out basic stuff like that, I people get really upset that you're pointing it out and it's like no actually these these tropes are real and i'm sorry that you're uncomfortable that people are pointing them out to you but you're acting them out in the content that you make and you should probably be aware of it well because they didn't mean to do anything which is the problem because they weren't right. thinking about it because yes they weren't yeah. thinking about it right us <laughs> and all of the talking and all of the controversy i again i know Canadian but um I think it's gonna help I really do I think that people no, are much more right. aware yeah. than they were we're before. talking about it way more than we were even two years ago yeah. three years ago and you know that's why people are fighting back against us so hard because they're like actually starting to see these criticisms happening. I think Shadow of Mordor 2 is gonna have a female elf in it that's all I have to say there I hope so I hope so and we're gonna call that. her Brie <laughs> she's gonna be raced on Rihanna Wu. And she's oh yeah, be I, I'm aware I'm being a little negative right now. It's no, just, I totally no. understand it's why. It's okay, it's given the day I that totally you get had. It. Yeah, and, and you know you. what? It's it, even even irrespective of that. Like, I don't think that that's an unreasonable, you know, position for you to take. You know, I keep saying it, but there, we we've talked about this. Like, what makes it what makes it reasonable to say that this is only going to be male or female or what is it that lets you choose and there's there's nothing in this story and georgia you've played it more than i have so you can tell me yeah. if i'm off base or not but there's nothing in the story that is dependent on him being a dude like there's just not like he's basically a uh, a vessel he doesn't really have a very rich backstory no. and he's basically just a vessel for killing a whole bunch of orcs you can yeah. do that with you can have a woman killing a whole bunch of orcs just as well as right. you can have a man. And he's a dual he's a dual character. He's part half uh, elf wraith and part human ranger. Like one of them 
could have been a female and they could have even had someone of like a different different ethnicity you know he didn't have to be from Gondor and he could be different like they they really could have done something a little bit more interesting and I think that the you know female elf thing just because female elves are awesome um (laughs) would have been very cool to add and I think it would have added to the gameplay yeah and so that seems like a simple decision that they could have made and they chose not to so yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't felt you for having that reaction to it. I, if I were in your shoes, I would absolutely have the same reaction. I mean, Lord of the Rings isn't exactly the most equal <laughs> universe to begin with. I mean, it's, True. it's not, I mean, yeah. you know, I watched those first movies. I would just imagine that Sam was a girl and having like a relationship with Frodo because like I needed a woman in that movie somewhere. Like, you know, like it's yeah. just, there is a complete lack of any women in that universe to begin with. Though you can like, kind of give, yeah. give Tolkien a, a, a bye just because of the time that he was in and with one of again my favorite one of my favorite scenes was like a very pro female scene um but now times have changed and people need to adapt yeah, and feel yeah. comfortable with that it's, peter it's jackson the did same. yeah, yeah the, the the women the they added for um you know the hobbit movies now, i'm not yeah. a mega fan of these movies but they're 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 the women with depth in character and they're interesting and yeah they do make them the romantic interest way too quickly but it doesn't feel so massively unbalanced. And, you know, when you read those books, it's a book by men for men without women. And that's why I personally have no passion for that universe. Well, unfortunately, a whole lot of games have been influenced by those exact books. Like just the preliminary makings of D&D and every other fantasy video game in that style is inspired by those books. And those books are pretty much a bunch of male characters and yep. even though i know that a lot of women have reclaimed those stories there is a lot of fan fiction by women about those guys that yeah hair curl <laughs> but that is not getting translated can we put that in the show notes games. <laughs> yeah sure um that's not getting translated into these games like even the female fandoms of lord of the rings it's not being reflected in gamer culture because that wasn't considered part of the same culture you know what i mean it's it, mm-hmm. it's sort of unusual that that happened but it's interesting because it's like for some reason we're still seeing fantasy as male and i think lord of the rings is actually a really big part of that for better or for worse just because of the way it's structured you know just because of the amount of time that it takes to complete the game i think that you know and i think that everyone talking about it and arguing about it and bringing to light the different issues that are at hand i'm expect hoping to see a lot more diversity in games i was watching i was actually at an arcade and it had an old cop game i think it was called like cop nine i don't know something 911 anyways and uh every single perp picture was a migrant worker or immigrant or you know and i was like that's just so wrong <laughs> like it's just so wrong i couldn't believe it and i you know again it's because it was such, it was a game from the eighties. And so, you know, that's where it was. And that would not be acceptable anymore. They would have had something that would be a little bit more diverse. And so I'm hoping that in a few years, that's what the gaming system will have as well. Yeah. Like we'll look back on it now and be like, Whoa, this is weird. Just a bunch yeah, of dudes. shadow of Mordor <laughs> too. It's all females. What's yeah. up with this? <laughs> yeah. I, I, I want to posit. I don't think it's getting better. I think it's, 
honest war right now. And I think you're going to see women continue to leave the industry and there are fewer women in computer science. And I don't see women particularly massively better represented than we were in the eighties. So I don't agree with you that it's magically going to get better. And if it does, it's going to be over the careers and blood and sanity of a lot of women that have tried to stand up to this stuff and get some guys to think about their actions. Yeah, so, it won't be magical. It'll no, be because no. we yelled but, about it. Because yeah. Maddie and I yelled. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because, because we yelled about it. Yeah. And that, yeah. I think that does something. Even yeah. if all mm-hmm. it does is make a few hundred men feel guilty about the bad <laughs> game they made. Well, at least if they have to answer uncomfortable questions every so often about the choices that they made, hopefully they'll, you know, just to, you know, not have to answer those questions next time. It's not a great reason, but... Hopefully, at least that a little bit of change, a little bit. You know, they say change happens slowly than all at once, right? So, well, yeah, and it's also like there's backslides sometimes too. Like, you know, this has happened with a lot of political movements. Like, you make some some progress, and then the people who are against it push back really hard, and and then there's sort of a backsliding moment for for a few years, and then you make gains again, and the next time you go even further. Yeah, I I'm I'm hopeful that will come back around, but I am mm-hmm. kind of worried about where we're at right now. Yeah. Yeah. So Bree, do you want, do you want to talk about alien isolation this week? Do, we, have, play do we have time? Uh, not really. Time? So that's why I'm asking. I, I will. I've, well, fortunately, um, <laughs> I have a confession to make. I love Forza too. I love Forza too. And Forza I, Horizon too, you mean? Forza Horizon too. Okay. I have played an hour of alien isolation. It was a great hour, uh, but <laughs> you, you, I, you opened a lot of doors and pulled a lot of switches. It's it's well. <laughs> if I can just talk about the first hour, and then next week I have a more complete version of it. But um, the first hour is better atmospherically than any alien game that's ever come out. If you'll remember when we had Danielle on the show, like she's like, blah, blah, blah. That game I played in PSX. And I'm like alien trilogy. Like I've played every <laughs> single alien game ever. Like I know this, this universe, this is a, the first hour is astonishingly good. Um, they have so lovingly and perfectly created that universe of alien, like the static mesh creation is gorgeous. The lighting is gorgeous. Uh, Amanda Ripley is a, she is portrayed from the get go as a complex, interesting character. It's also like one of the very best next gen games I've played to this date. So as far as giving you that slow, desolate, scary alien experience, this game is awesome. That said, there are a few things that worry me um, and make me think this game is going to end up not being good. Really good games are games that the dev team takes and polishes them until there are no problems. Games that are not really good are the ones where the dev team runs out of money and time and just lets those problems sit there because Mm. they can't fix them. And there are a lot of those kinds of problems even in this awesome hour. One example is I'm looking around at my environment and I can look down at my feet and I see my feet as Amanda Ripley. And then if I turn a 360-degree circle... My feet just stand still and I magically float over the floor. They didn't bother to do an animation cycle 
down there for that. It really breaks the immersion. Another problem is they did all the lip syncing and facial animation through a procedurally generated system. So if you walk up to a character and really look at them while they're talking to you, it looks like garbage. It is Mm. not good looking at all. So you basically have this game that has excelled beyond anyone's expectations for level design, for lighting, for sound design, and for atmosphere. But it's not polished from the word go. And that makes me worried that this is eventually a game that's going to fall under its own weight. And it's usually the first hour that's really like the most polished, right? Like usually it's the stuff in the second half of the game that kind of gets the short shrift. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, again, this is... I mean, I'm talking better than Aliens vs. Predator, better than Alien vs. Predator 2, better than any Alien game I can think of. Like, you're buying the atmosphere from the word go. Like, you're filled with terror just walking around. And I, I think that's a real accomplishment. So, And you'll, you'll talk about it more next week after you've got yeah, to play a little Yeah, bit. after I get farther into it. Uh, but Forza Horizon is awesome. I'm only four races away from beating that game, so I'm going <laughs> to go do that after this podcast is over. Awesome. And I've still been having fun with Hyrule Warriors, so I haven't, I've been giving it... I've been kind of pushing it off for uh, the other two games. Can you at least tell me quickly if that's a game I should buy to play with Frank? Uh, I don't... Uh, I think you probably <laughs> maybe there's some of the combos are a little bit tough to pull off. I don't know. I think he well he can just press A a lot and he'll be fine. You've played Diablo with him. He yeah, can well, yeah. yeah. I think I think he might enjoy it, but it's going to be a little bit different because he's going to be on his own screen. He's going to be going his own direction. Okay. So, but oh, it's I, split screen. Okay. Yeah. Well, no, it's it's on the gamepad. I haven't tried. I still oh, haven't tried right, that yet. Right. I still haven't tried that yet. I want to, but Ma- Maureen has to. Maureen and I have to spend an evening in doing it, and we just haven't had a chance to do that yet. Please do. I want. Yeah. I mean, like Maddie, I'm always looking for games I can play with my, you know, husband slash significant other. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. I think it, I think it would be a good game for Zach and I to play. Um, but right now we've got some other stuff there's so many games out right now you guys i know it's crazy <laughs> too, too many, many games. games so little uh, time all right so does anybody, <laughs> anybody else have anything for the good of the order we don't need to do what we're playing this week we're already at an hour and a half so I, unless i know we've already talked about what we're playing for an hour and a half so we're an hour and 15 <laughs> minutes we've been talking about what we're playing and what we're eating so that's been right. uh, <laughs> it's a duo it's a all duo right. show so, uh, so as always, you can uh, visit the show notes for this show and every show at 5x5.tv slash isometric or isometricshow.com. You can please do go rate, rate and review the show on iTunes. We do really appreciate when we get the reviews. We love reading them, and it you know helps us out There's on iTunes. There's some of the best reviews. Thank yes. you. And uh, you can send your feedback via email to feedback at isometricshow.com, or you can follow us on Twitter, you can follow the show's uh, account at Isometric Show, and you can follow all of us individually. Uh, I am at Wicked Good. Bree, where can people find you? Uh, just go to 8chan. I'm all over 8chan <laughs> oh. right now. Uh, it's awesome. Oh. Either there or look up oh. some memes attacking me. Uh, oh, they're out there, too. It's, there are hundreds, hundreds and hundreds of them. So go to 4chan or 8chan or look at some memes. That's Or you could send Space Cat Gal pictures of cute pandas. <laughs> At yeah. Space Cat Gal on Twitter. You could, you could or maybe hedgehogs with some cute hats on them or something yeah. like that. Yeah, yeah. I like hedgehogs. That would be great. <laughs> and Maddie, where can people find you? I'm at Samus Clone on Twitter. And Georgia? Uh, you can find me at Georgia underscore down. 
So thank you, as always, for listening, and uh, we will catch you next week. Have a good one. Thank you.